Alright, welcome everyone to Joe Star All Stars, a podcast by four dangerous hair dryer nerds. For all you dangerous hair dryer nerds out there, I am, as always, Joey Foyles. I'm Grant. I'm Tim. And I'm Victor, the most dangerous hair dryer nerd. <laughs> yes. And today we're here to talk to you about Joe's Joe's Bizarre Adventure, specifically Stardust Crusaders, Episode 8 The Devil. <gasps> oh. Oh. And thank God. We're done with strength, we're past the hump, we have gone to the lowest lows, and now we get the highest highs. I mean, we're, we're done with strength, but we're going to make a reference to him in this episode anyway, goddammit. In many ways, that episode will haunt us, yes. <laughs> Look, we've hit our rock bottom, and there's no place but up now. I have no idea what y'all are talking about, I'm not even... I don't even remember last episode. So, uh... You're right. Sorry. <laughs> it's weird that there was no episode 7 this season. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I guess they just swam to Singapore after the boat exploded. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> the first big chunk of this episode is just nonsense, and I like it a lot. <laughs> like We get a good three minutes of Polar F getting insulted. Like, it's just a stupid gag here. Oh, the guy thought his luggage was trash. And they really just stew in this. Why, yeah, why do they milk this one stupid gag so long? Right, we've got, we've, we've got a bully policeman. Don't worry about it. Like, like this season is just like travel shenanigans. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, like, and it's not even like like world trekking. It's more like we're fucking tourists. <laughs> we cut out walk like an Egyptian for this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like we get to the end of the episode and they just run the credits over actual content. We cut out walk like an Egyptian for this. I mean, I think we'll all agree that it was a. More than equitable trade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the for the, the cop to completely it's, trash on Polnareff. The yeah. law of equivalent exchange, Victor. <laughs> Something of equal value must be lost. <laughs> <laughs> to call Polnareff trash. Aww. <laughs> but he's my favorite. And also, we, we actually have Joseph in his alternate costume for, like, yes. a while. Yeah, he just doesn't change until he gets look, to the hotel. Look, he hasn't gotten to his hotel room. He hasn't busted out his clothes yet. I don't think I, they also, have clothes anymore. Yeah, how, do they, yeah, how, do, how does Polnareff still have luggage? Because <laughs> he had a nice bag, and everybody else had actual luggage that sunk with the ship. It's actually, No, that's not his luggage. That's actually just garbage he just picked up and carries around. <laughs> oh, back so the, Singapore. The cop was right. He was actually littering. He didn't want to get found out by the cop. <laughs> and the other three just go with it. <laughs> or other four, whatever. Look, yeah. if you're going to litter, at least putting it in a trash bag already is a good idea. Keep it contained. As far as luggage containers go, a trash bag is not ideal. Eh, whatever yeah, works. I don't you think know? you can check that on the plane. <laughs> I don't think it survives very well in overhead either. You know, I'm sure someone has tried. I mean,. You don't know trash people who go on fucking flights. I'm betting that ha- that's happened way more than once. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yeah. It's probably happened enough time where they just fucking reject it whenever you see a trash bag now. That's the kind of thing that leads to a sign that confuses you. Like this was enough. No trash bags as luggage. <laughs> really. This was enough of a problem. They put up a sign for it. <laughs> yes. Fucking yes. Somebody out there knows that they're the reason for that sign. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're probably mad about it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 
So they decide to take Anne with them because they figure Anne's probably broke as shit. She's broke and probably safer with them. Well, question mark? Question no. mark. <laughs> Absolutely not. She's a not. small child that just survived two shipwrecks with them. So I would, you know... It would be kind of a dick move to abandon her at this point. And she's killed 339 right. people. I know. <laughs> and so they pick the fucking richest hotel to check in at. Hey, I mean, Joseph's got like, the dough. Just, just spinning the Speedwagon Foundation money Joseph right there. Joseph Doe Star over here. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're trying to... <laughs> They're trying to decide what rooms everybody should be in, and and just was like, okay, me and me, you and Avdol, like me and Avdol, let's do this. Like, uh, and Kakyun's like, well, me and uh, Jotaro are students, so we should obviously take a room together. And everybody's like, we yeah, got that, that yeah, makes sense. That's we got tracks. We got to go fertilize an egg together. This show's going to great lengths to make uh, uh and Jotaro canon to me. You know, I bet they don't even take their uniforms off when they do it. Oh. No, it's not practical. <laughs> they're students, after all. Of course well, they you, would wear their uniforms. They're students. They have to wear their uniforms. <laughs> and, you know, all of Jotaro's flair probably makes for good stuff for, you know, play. <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uses the 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 collar chain in order to tie somebody up. <laughs> I don't think it's long enough. Maybe to choke someone, but uh, it, it extends. <laughs> of course, I'm sure it does. It, it, yeah. there, there's actually several inches of hidden chain. You Where? just can't see it. It's Is a that what the grower, not a shower? <laughs> the chain. <Yeah>. Thank <laughs> you. So I'm I'm genuinely surprised that like pull like. Joseph says, "All right, Polnareff, if you go protect the child, you share the room with the child." And he's, I, I'm like, "Really, Joseph? You're going to cock block him from Avdol? Really? Come on!" <laughs> no, <laughs> Joseph's. Of course he is. Joseph wants Avdol all to himself. Ah, that's bullshit. That's why well, he Polnareff called him immediately. He called dibs. Polnareff looks like he's, looks like he's down for the chase, though. Yeah, probably. He, he's taking it in stride. I mean, he is a he is a French gentleman. Wait. I don't think that exists. I don't think that's a thing. Eh. Yeah, I don't know what stereotype you're going for here. No, I don't know. (laughs) So everyone goes off to their respective rooms. Grant, you called this out. Like, the shot of Polnareff entering his hotel room. It is gratuitously 3D. I know. Like, it has no point to be that overanimated. This looks like a fucking like Resident Evil room transition. Why <laughs> yeah, is it in first person? Yeah, exactly. They do it just to spook you, just to make you feel off balance. And it, it's actually really effective at what it's trying to do. But then we like as soon as you walk in, you're like, oh, something's not right with this hotel room. <laughs> but then we're gonna and, show you a creepy Polnerf, Chucky doll. <laughs> I mean, Polnerf, like, like you know, he's quick on the draw, and he's like, hey, reveal yourself. Well, okay, first he checks every room in the place or every nook mm-hmm. and cranny in the room, walks out in the balcony, then while take sighs while staring off in the distance, you can come out now. <laughs> And a guy crawls out of the mini fridge, and we <laughs> smash cut to the opening. Here was my exact reaction as it's going down. A, why did he assume there was somebody in the fridge? And B, why was he right? <laughs> well, don't worry. They explain well, this. I was about to say, did they not explain this? Because I get an explanation in the manga. I also they get did dumb. explain this. They just wait a couple minutes first. Well, we gotta get through the opening, because this is the best time to, like, cut to opening. 
Why was he in the midi fridge? Because I don't fucking remember. <laughs> okay, so um, Devo crawls out of the mini fridge. He was hiding in there to ambush Polnareff, and Polnareff knew because mm-hmm. he left all the fucking stuff around the hotel no, room. No, <laughs> I know, I know why Polnareff knew why he was in the mini fridge. I'm asking why he was in the mini fridge to begin with. He was tr- like he was trying to get caught, God. but it's still a very funny <laughs> joke that Polnareff looks through every room in the place, and the guy's like, "How did you find me?" And Master Detective Polnareff, ha I have outsmarted you because you left debris from the mini fridge scattered across the room. He doesn't frame it like that, though. He goes, "Are you fucking stupid?" <laughs> I don't. I, I'm framing it like that. That's what makes sense to me, the Polnareff of my heart. That's what he did. No, no, Polnareff is just being so cool and collected about it. That's that's what I'm choosing to believe. <laughs> that's definitely not what happens. He goes, how did you know I was in the fridge? And he goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's still t- He still checked the bathroom and stuff. Well, yeah, you gotta know what all your amenities are when you get a new hotel room. Yeah. All right, so I'm looking at these beers. Uh, are, are you more of an octopus lager beer kind of guy, Grant, or more oh. of a scorpion lager no, beer? No, give me the fucking scorpion beer. <laughs> yeah. Scorpion beer all the way. Are you the original scorpion lager beer? <laughs> oh. That's probably a real thing. None of the new scorpion <laughs> lager beer. Get the octopus beer out of here. You know what? I would try octopus beer. I don't even care. Man, octopus beer tastes like fucking piss. Get that shit out. Oh, no, what? just uh, give me that squid ink pasta. Where did I have the oyster <laughs> beer that was actually pretty bad? Was that with y'all? Oh, yeah, that was, hey, uh, that was hey, at yeah, um, so. the the one place the out on Pleasure House. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. This is a... I- it, <laughs> great, this was a great audio digression brought yeah. to you by Joey. It's perfect, Joey. <laughs> Oyster <laughs> beer. It kind of sucks. That we don't know the answer to. <laughs> and it's not even an interesting jump off. Like, no. Nobody else is going oh, to yeah, even no, understand wait, it, even if I had the house or the yeah. place on other proper noun near us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think it would. Yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, Devo summons his spaceship stand. I don't understand. And, what the fuck is this stand? And we never see it again. We never this. see this again. Why is this the stand and not the doll? I, I don't, I don't know. know. But the design on this stand is just... <laughs> just really weird. I'm looking at the manga panel of it, and I I don't know how to parse I, I, what's I, appearing I, in front yeah, of me. It looks like a, it has a knife. Why does, does it, it have a knife? <laughs> Why does this stand have a knife? I, like, uh, it has, like two discs on it. It has a fucking shiv. Like, insect face. It's got some, like, an insect alien face. Like, I, I I don't know what's happening with this thing, and I don't like it. Well, what's happening is he's getting his ass kicked by Silver Chariot. Hell yeah. I like that I don't ever see it again in the episode. It's true. I, I'm or really, at all. That makes me happy. I'm really down for not ever seeing this character again. Yeah. I mean, it sounds good to me. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's just have him go over the side of the balcony here. What's with yep. the rocky yeah, and stabbing tongues? I don't... Yeah. This is happening. So, so Polnareff just, like, stabs the shit out of Devo. Yeah. And that that's the end of the episode. Yep. Problem solved. Yeah. So you keep talking about this Devo. Devo. 
I remember a character named Soul Sacrifice. <laughs> Soul Sacrifice. Why the fuck did they change it to Soul Sacrifice for the adaptation? It's not a Devo reference. It's not you, even. You change it from one reference to another reference. Because because there's no good letter change for it. It's not like Debo or Dito. I mean, like they, the later they'll change Jay Giles to Centerfold, which is another Jay Giles reference. I get that. Victor, can... you need to get used to this because it only gets worse from here. What? Like, oh man! In series, which one's Golden Wind? Five, five. Series five. five. Some examples. Craftwork, yeah, um, the like metal band yeah. or whatever, yeah. is changed to his stand, arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes more sense than this. Does it? Arts and crafts at least hey. has a part of the original reference in it. Soul what Sacrifice about, has hey. nothing to do with Devo. Hey, Joey, at least Sticky Fingers gets changed to Zipperman, and I still enjoy Zipperman. <laughs> Zipperman's pretty good, but it's not Sticky Fingers. What, what's Grateful Dead changed to? It's like Thankful Dead. <laughs> it's just so fucking lazy. Oh, no. It's, uh, it's like, you know what it is. It's like Black Sabbath is a like Dark Sabbath. Yeah, it's like whatever, oh, man. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, yeah. Uh, they kill the stand guy, and that's it. Yeah, problem solved. He starts freaking out. Oh, ho, but it's all according to his kickcock. <laughs> <laughs> like this is some this is a, some amazing sadism. If sadism masochism? was a st- masochism. masochism, masochism, He's really fucking into getting hurt yeah. right now. He's really he's into, into it. it. He's he's really lucky he got this stand power. Yeah. Actually He's also lucky Polnoff didn't just kill him. Actually, is like is that part of his stand power? What? Uh, getting somebody he... getting like generating hate. No, I think that's why he had to hide in the mini fridge. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where are we yeah, going? Ex- no. Explain yourself. That doesn't make sense. That he baited Polnareff into attacking him. Yeah, but you know, He's a stand user. Of course, Polnareff is going to attack him. Yeah, well, he You just... don't need to hide in a fucking mini-fridge to do yeah, that. He could have oh, well, I... been sitting on the bed. Y- yeah, he could have <laughs> been sitting on the bed and be like, hey, sup, I have a stand. Like, like there, we don't need an excuse. How did he know what room Polnareff was going to be in? Shh. Yeah. Okay. Shh. <laughs> Shh. Don't worry about that that's part. That's not the right question to ask here. You're asking the wrong question. I'm not sure what the right question is, but it's not that one. <laughs> the right question is, why is he inside the mini fridge? <laughs> I don't think that's the right question and either, the second, <laughs> And the second right question is, how did he fit? <laughs> he had to take the shells How does he fit out. in a mini fridge? It's, it's, a, it's a mega mini fridge. Oh, okay. So it's Perfect. just a fridge. <laughs> They they paid extra for that. No, one. that's ridiculous, Victor. <laughs> Nobody puts a fridge in a hotel room. <laughs> anyway. anyway, he freaks out and goes over the side of this balcony. You see, it, so so is this fridge like the same like the same cubic <laughs> volume as a regular fridge? It's just 
like deep. in a small compact. It's, it's, a, it's really a TARDIS. Deep. Yeah, it's just bigger, bigger on the on inside. The inside. <laughs> like literally the worst pu- fucking fridge I can imagine. Extra special. <laughs> you have to fridge. crawl inside the fridge to get to it, the back of it. it, it, it you, there's always leftovers rotting in the back of your fridge it, this way. It connects to the room on the other side. It's actually one big fridge. That's <laughs> it's, a two, it's a two-way oh, fridge. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <sighs> my, so, um, yeah. my favorite bit here is when Polnareff goes, yeah, I beat the shit out of this guy. Strength was much stronger than him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that, that orangutan was way worse. A a, you never <laughs> fought the orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is basically from this point to the end of the next episode, not a single character has an IQ above five, and it's the only way anything works, and it's great. <laughs> I love it that immediate like I have a theory that there's a gas leak in this hotel, and everyone is just <laughs> suffering from severe brain damage at this point because Fulrof calls them up. He's like, "Oh yeah, I just beat Devo." And Abdul's like, Devo? You mean the assassin who baits people into attacking them so his stand can always kill them? Yeah, that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's meet in our room in five minutes. All right, bye. <laughs> and also, like, I got cut in the ankle afterwards, and I'm bleeding like fucking crazy, but that it's was all good. Weird, but... Like the fucking blood I'll, I'll just, just call some jetting room out of this wound. To, to get some bandages. It'll all be good. Holy shit. <laughs> like, like I want to say Polar F is smart because he actually uses a telephone to talk to somebody <laughs> afterwards. And he calls them and they don't come to his room. <laughs> like, Abdul has this whole shocked speech for like a minute and then they're like, oh, okay. And they're all like, all right, just meet up here in five minutes. Like, and and, and Polar F doesn't dispute it. <laughs> he should be like, hey. The stand user fucking attacked my room. You should get in here. No, he, oh, he's got Polnareff is the bandages. one who suggests that they go to the fucking other room. Polnareff is like, yeah, I'll be up there in a little bit. Contact Jero yeah. and, and Kakui and for me. And then he proceeds to not leave the room. He calls room service. <laughs> he's to just get... playing with the weird doll he found. And this, the whole time he's on the phone with the room service, asking some poor hotel employee <laughs> to bring him bandages, <laughs> you, you just see the blood all over the fucking room. It's just Man. in the shot every well, single frame. Like, maybe it's it's probably not the worst thing they've seen in that hotel room, right? <laughs> I don't know any stereotypes about Singapore hotel rooms. I have. I don't know anything about Singapore. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I mean, all right. They didn't, if, they didn't if, stop uh, to give us any Singapore facts this episode. We got yeah, the last. Why episode, not? And I don't remember any of the last episode. I do know that Singapore is really like hardcore about littering and 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 especially gum. I think gum is illegal there. Well, the first thing you need to know, Grant, is that they have very yeah. deep refrigerators in their hotel rooms. <laughs> 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 But yeah, Singapore in the 80s pioneered the two-way refrigerator. How do I submit something to the patent office? <laughs> All right, TM, uh, uh, a deep two-way refrigerator, TMTM. <laughs> well, to get a patent, first it has to be a novel idea. I haven't seen one. Uh, non-obvious. Again, I don't think anyone's ever thought of this before. <laughs> non obvious and useful. Yeah, you could connect yeah. two rooms with your refrigerator. Yeah. What's there not to, it makes all the definitions. Now you just need a thousand dollars and to find out someone else has already thought of it. 
You have to fucking hire a contractor to put this refrigerator in. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> That's too much. Oh, man, how would you carry it? Because it would be longer on the side with the doors that would keep opening if you tried to... <laughs> 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 I... <laughs> well, well, it actually comes in two parts, and then you have to assemble it at the location. Wait, so it's modular? Uh yes. You could have a four-way refrigerator. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> I, we are. That, that's the definition of fuck you, money, right there. Yeah. yeah, all of the rooms of my house are connected by one refrigerator, <laughs> one single refrigerator. In fact. <laughs> The refrigerator is the only way to get from one room to another. There's one room in the house you can only reach from the refrigerator. And it's It's a crawl space refrigerator. It's the bathroom. (laughs) You put a lock on it. Well, then you have to put locks on it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Refrigerator All Star. With this. <laughs> but but Joey, do you splurge to get the smart refrigerator? <laughs> what? It's got an Android tablet built right into it. Into the door? In, into yeah, all into the door. four doors. Only if it's on the inside of the door, because that's where I'm gonna be spending all my time. <laughs> it's got it's got two screens. Okay, there you go. <laughs> it shows oh, you what's I'm inside s- the refrigerator I'm as stuck. if you were viewing it from another room. <laughs> it's just someone with their face pressed against the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find the bathroom. Oh. Help. <laughs> <laughs> so this you is, have to take a right at the potato salad. This is a section. <laughs> this is a section of a Resident Evil mansion, right? Where it's just a bunch of refrigerated corridors. <laughs> that is exactly what this would be. Of course, Umbrella Corps would spring for the refrigerators that connect every room of the mansion. <laughs> oh, the real question is, Is does your regular refrigerator hook up to this too? Is there like a false door in the back of it? Like, you have all of your refrigerator stuff and it swings and now there's a gateway into, a, I guess, a refrigerator court. Joey, why would you need a regular refrigerator? Yeah, that's a, that seems like it's only only the four way refrigerator. That's holding that's holding you back. <laughs> You're right. Let's just refrigerate the house. So one time when I was, so my freshman year of college, uh, I didn't have a refrigerator in my room. So my roommate and I just put drinks on top of our AC unit and left our AC on max uh, at twenty four seven. You are uh-huh. the worst person. <laughs> so we had a 50 degree room for the like first four months of my freshman year. If you stood outside our door in the hallway, like for a good three inches off our door, you could feel the temperature difference. You just get like a ch- blast of chill air. <laughs> Why is there frost on the outside of this door? All right, um... Yeah, that sounds fucking miserable. <laughs> Anyways, Avdol and Joseph are just talking the most nonchalant you could possibly be when one of their teammates has gotten attacked by a stand user. So Joseph and, and I like Joseph asks you know. Avdol, "What kind of stand does he use?" And Avdol says, "I don't know. Everyone who meets him dies." And I'm like, "Except don't, don't. for you, apparently, because <laughs> you said you saw him once." <laughs> 
He didn't. Yeah, but he wasn't. Yeah, a he didn't meet him though. It's fine. <laughs> he just saw him. He just mirrored. It was him. like yeah, and like he tricks him into into just beating the shadow, and he uses that to fuel his power. It's like oh yeah, we should probably like go check on Polnareff then, right? He's like no, and five minutes. <laughs> yeah, give him the five <laughs> look, minutes, at, man. Look. Avdol is a, is a fortune teller and a stand user, and he must have had a reputation for this. Like, <laughs> I'm only assumed that all of his clientele are stand users. Uh, you know what? How disappointed would you be? You're like, oh, a stand user fortune teller. That must be like he must actually be able to see into the future or something with a stand. And you get, <laughs> no. and you get there to stand his <laughs> no, candles. Fucking buff chicken. My profession is fortune teller. My stand just lights things on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real mismatch, isn't it? <laughs> Instead, fucking Joseph Josar gets hermit purple. <laughs> you, you'd think he'd have at least found a way to do some like fire divination or something. <laughs> no. No, Why would that be Joseph, more effective than tarot cards? <laughs> Joseph Joestar does more uh, like crystal ball seeing than Avdol. Look, I, I'm not saying it would be more effective to use fire divination, but if you've got something unique to build your business on, you got to build your brand, man. I, I guess. He doesn't need showy tricks. <laughs> yes. I mean, he you, can't. You can make can... a clock out of fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he does actually do fire divination. No, that's polar. Out of it. All right. I mean, he, <laughs> that was Polnareff. He can't with his his precise movements. He can't legally like use chicken bones anymore. <laughs> I think I think magicians <laughs> red would get kind of pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> magicians red's like that's kind of racist. It's kind of Dude, fucked. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right here. here. It's fucked up, bro. <laughs> I'm right here. Don't act like I'm not in the room. <sighs> can we, so can Pol- we get to some light bondage, please? Yeah, no, this is some. I'm not ready because I have to talk about how, uh, like Joseph is just going full uh, vacation mode right here. (laughs) He's got another stripy sailor shirt, and he's got the like pink overshirt, and he looks like he's just here to vacay. He just changes outfits so often this season; it's great. It is great. I think Susie Q rubbed off on him. He is made of money and can do whatever he wants, and. He's globetrotting right now. He might as well. Yeah. You might as well enjoy the vacation. <laughs> yeah. Before he kills Dio. Right. <laughs> When's yeah. the next time yeah. he's going to get his grandson to go? <laughs> You're right. Jotaro's <laughs> never going to do anything else with him. Ever. Ever. <laughs> I mean, make would you? Blast. Yes. No. If, oh, I, okay. if I had a rich grandfather who was willing to take me across the world, I would totally do that. Look, if yeah. Jodra wanted to do that, he has a jazz musician father that's also never in Japan. So <laughs> and apparently lives in a fucking castle, so he's got to be loaded too. <laughs> if you're going to have one memorable trip with your, your grandson, uh, having one where you go kill a vampire is probably pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty top tier right there. Yeah. I imagine the Belmonts have done that. Yeah. Probably. Just made just made a, a good trip of going to go kill Dracula. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, Polnareff gets hogtied to the bottom of this uh, bed, or just with a very long extension cord that this. Oh right, right. Shocker! The doll it was possessed by the stand. <gasps> no. <or something> and, <laughs> and Polnareff crawls under the bed and somehow magically gets tied to it. It's great. That's a really nice knot for a doll. Yep. Especially because yeah. the doll did not make any contact with Polnareff. <laughs> He just like threw the rope at him, and it like Indiana Jones that shit. He, it was a, all four limbs at the same time. It was a lot of hate, Victor. 
<laughs> That's right. Hate fuels rope tricks. Oh, did we mention that the, the fucking Devo like went over the side of a balcony and we, did. we heard him crash and then he wasn't there? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's great. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> also, he got his eye stabbed out and his tongue stabbed out. Like, he should be dead just from the fucking blood loss. And no, to get him fine. back, the doll sprays shampoo and Polaris eyes. Look, look, this is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where everybody has plenty of blood to go around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Polnareff just jets it all over this room. <laughs> like, just by the end no, of this. No, hold on. Can we just stew in that? No. <laughs> no, we're moving on. <laughs> no, but before we move on. I mean, he's tied to on, the table. Like, this is, this is hot. <laughs> this is the last. That was the last time we saw Devo. Don't or we, Soul Sacrifice, right? Don't we see Devo at the end? Yeah, yeah one, more, he, one more time. But he's His face time. is like blacked out. Anyway, I'm not going to cut to the interstitial at the end of the episode, though. All right, fine. Because <laughs> Devo is a musical reference, right, Victor? Yeah, to uh, Devo. Yeah. 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 Devo is a reference to Devo. Devo is a reference to Devo. I know. It's shocking. But do you know anything about Devo, Victor? Can you enlighten us? Can you... Um... No, I can't burn all the puns first. Just go. No, Just... no, no. I was gonna, <laughs> and I was like, I only know the one. I keep having to resist it. <laughs> <laughs> Diva. Uh, are, are we not podcasters? Put down that chainsaw and listen to me. It's time for another JoJo's Bizarre Western music reference. My name is Victor, and this week we're studying the band Devo. For all you Devo devotees out there, I apologize in advance. This is probably going to be one of the shallowest segments I ever record about a band reference. Uh, Maybe not shallower than last week's, but this is one of the strangest, the most explanation-defying bands that have ever become a cultural touchstone. Throughout the 70s and early 80s, Devo was the offbeat pioneer of all sorts of unusual sounds that many people of the time would only loosely classify as music. They adopted weird stage personas for recorded videos and live shows. Nothing about Devo can be described as ordinary or typical or mundane. So I'll do my best to give you the overview as best as I can understand it from my limited exposure to what I would describe as an otherworldly, incomprehensible, almost Lovecraftian experience. Our story begins in the late 60s with a couple of art students at Kent State University in Ohio. Those two students latched onto the idea of human de-evolution, that is, the idea that humans were regressing and becoming less sophisticated over time, and it became kind of a complex in-joke for them that resulted in some satirical art pieces. A little later, they would meet another Kent State art student with a similar outlook, and they would develop the joke even further. Then the Kent State shootings happened in 1970, and suddenly the joke wasn't so funny anymore. Their way of getting serious about their de-evolution art was to form a band, which they called Devo. They recruited friends and relatives to fill out a six-piece group, and then they started playing live shows. 
The record for this time period is a little sketchy, but we do know that they played at the 1973 Kent State Performing Arts Festival shortly after forming the band. What we also know is that Devo was weird from the very beginning. Their shows often involved them taking on various stage personas with odd costumes, and apparently the band was very confrontational during their performances, to the point where the band has released video of one show that ends with the promoter suddenly unplugging their equipment. Their first real recorded music release was a two-song music video called In the Beginning Was the End, The Truth About De-Evolution, or just The Truth About De-Evolution for short. I don't know that I can adequately describe how bizarre it is to you, but the first song featured is a cover of Secret Agent Man by Johnny Rivers. You know, this song. Whatever movie makes, another chance it takes. The Devo version sounds like this. Yeah. Anyway, the music video won an award at the Ann Arbor Film Festival in 1976, and this attracted the attention of who else but David Bowie and Iggy Pop. So while Devo was releasing their first couple of singles independently, Bowie and Iggy were busy recommending them for a major label recording contract. In 1978, they released their first studio album. Dear listener, if you were concerned that at this point Devo had to sell out for the record company, the name of the album should reassure you. Q. Are we not men? A. We are Devo. That's an unmarketable album title right there. It's a nightmare to parse when you say it out loud, in addition to just being too damn long. Don't go forgetting that Devo was founded by sarcastic art students, alright? Because they certainly hadn't forgotten. And what about the music? Did that survive? Well, can I interest you in a cover of the Rolling Stones' I Can't Get No Satisfaction? You know, the iconic anthem of teenage frustration? Yeah, the Devo version changes it a little bit. And the whole album is just all super off-the-wall crap like this. But it was sure different, and so the album did alright, but not spectacularly. Critical reviews were mixed. This is a pretty good description of their career in general, with one notable exception. After Devo's second album failed to excite anyone, including Devo, they needed a hit for their third album. Their backs were against the wall. They had a problem. And as we all know, when a problem comes along, you must whip it. Now, nobody actually expected this song to be a hit. 
The single they actually released first was Girl You Want, which seemed way more mainstream, but it totally flopped. In 1980, though, the band went on tour in support of the album anyway, and then the magic happened. The right people heard Whip It at a concert, and then it was showing up on the radio, and within weeks the song had become a nationwide sensation. The band had to suspend their tour to book larger venues. Whip It eventually topped out at number 14 on the Hot 100, and to most Americans, that one song is the band's whole legacy. They never had any other hit. But the one song was enough to turn Devo into a household name. Even today, you can invoke Devo as a kind of shorthand for anybody making music that's really far out there, especially if it features unconventional electronic sounds and a nerdy vibe. So. Devo had a long career after Whip It, but their success petered out rapidly after that third album, and every release fared worse than the last. But they more than made their mark on the musical landscape. They've been repeatedly called pioneers of new wave and synth pop. A lot of the music that came out in the early 80s can trace its lineage directly back to Whip It. Victor, you sure whipped that interstitial into st- shape, right? You want to try that one more time? Hey, Victor, you really whipped that interstitial into shape, didn't you? I don't think it was better. Hey, Victor, you really whipped that interstitial back in the <laughs> Okay, okay let's move, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you want time for that joke? It was the most simple joke. <laughs> and then he still flubbed it. <laughs> <laughs> Flub it? What are you talking about? That was perfect execution Look, all three times. With the mo- uh, m- oh. miracles of modern editing. It was seven times, Joey. Seamless, but hanging on it for so long, but now we have to leave it all I in. I had to build anticipation, Tim. I, like, had I just come out with, hey, Victor, you really whipped that one into shape, didn't you? You de- you finally got it. I'm so proud of you. Look, the, the key to... Good comedy is repetition. Yeah. Which is why we're going to talk about refrigerators somehow. <laughs> yeah, because we got a forensic analysis here. Grant posted. <laughs> we, we... So, so I posted the, the actual like manga panel of Devo crawling out of this fridge. And he is like full, like chest down in the fridge. Take him. Crawling out. Fully like, horizontal. Fully horizontal. He is 100% This is prone. a deep fridge. <laughs> 100% deep fridge confirmed. <laughs> this is connected to the next room. <laughs> Cannon. Deep fridge, uh, is that like my secret informant that's going to tell me about the president's candles? Yeah, yeah, that's my code name. My co- you can call me deep fridge. <laughs> God, I'm going to... Okay, that's going to be my screen name on literally everything now. <laughs> deep fridge. Deep fridge. God, that's perfect. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. So Look, anyway, we're we're, we're we're a podcast <laughs> that needs a, a bad joke, and we need to run in into the ground as quickly as possible. Yeah, we really whipped that fridge joke back into shape, right? right? God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, pull the side up under the bed, spread <laughs> Yeah, I think we need to chill out on this a little bit. No! Oh my God. Why, Joey? <laughs> Why did you do that? He, he, he's perfected the comedy basics. <laughs> I wish Iraqi could perfect the storytelling basics. Oh, no. He'll get it. He, he's a... got the storytelling basics down. You have a creepy doll. What more do you want? Look, this is prime JoJo of uh, just creepy doll. It's good. It's better than every yeah. Chucky movie. Yeah, creepy murder doll works every time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm shocked the doll at one point doesn't go, let's play a game. <laughs> I mean, it makes a lot of weird fucking sounds. <laughs> Are you? Victor, are you disappointed that he didn't make a Saw reference in 80, like, <laughs> Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, Polnareff is tied to his bed. The room service guy comes up and he's knocking on the door. I brought your bandages and everything. And Polnareff is like, "No, go leave." So this room service die. guy just walks in, which they <laughs> yes. are definitely not supposed to do. Wait, I mean, Polnareff was probably speaking in French, so he didn't understand him. That well, Polnareff or Japanese. Probably, uh, like everybody here speaks perfect unaccented Japanese. What are you talking about? <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Polnareff uh, uh, probably just like impulsively said, "Yeah, come in." You know what? I would believe it. Dude, oh man, I'm looking, I'm watching the episode again. I never caught this on the first four viewings, but on the fifth one here, um, <laughs> as the doll moves around, like the action lines are really distorted versions of that stand. Is it? Really? Yeah, like, like here, it's something like, let me get a screenshot huh. here just so the viewers at home can watch along with us. Perfect. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are imagining this really vividly. Let me paint you a picture. It's Silver Chariot, sword raised high, but blood gushing as the tiny stand doll baby is cutting its leg open. And in the background is this like heat mirage version of an insect with a jet engine, two jet engines in its chest. I'm still waiting. Where is it? I- I'm working on it. No, give it to, to me. I'm giving. He's vamping. Don't you know anything? Yeah, no. Every time I throw it to y'all, y'all just sit there and make me like, I'm like, here, stall <laughs> for time. And y'all just do nothing every right. time. Well, oh wow, that is really oh, cool. Yeah, wow. Like this is a just a good image, right? Ooh, here. the thing I just described, everyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that is actually really cool. It like it is this not a panel in the manga? Because this looks like they just made a panel from the manga. I don't think it is. I will go look real quick. Uh, Joey, vamp for time, you piece of crap. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about this poor. No, room hold on, no, no, hold on. We're going to let him stew in it for once. <laughs> you, you piece of shit. <laughs> it's not in the pictures that I took, but I can go ahead and run over to... We're going to be uh, here for like 10 minutes anyway. <laughs> I, we're Jesus here for 10 minutes for mine. We can... No, that's right, yeah, not anyway, true. Cuts off the guy's face like he's dark blue moon with a star finger. And, um... It, like, uh, he cuts it off vertically. He, like, defaces him. He <laughs> scalps him from the yeah, front. I, I, like, it's... <laughs> Don't like I really want y'all to his meat visage. I really want y'all to look at that. Uh, really want y'all to look at that manga panel. Like with they, the, with the they, cutting I, off the face. This is something where I was really glad they blacked <laughs> the front it out falls in the anime. Yeah, the front yeah, falls off. The, oh no, the front fell. Uh, no, oh, no. I'm really glad they blacked it out in the anime. You don't. Yeah. Des- you don't deserve that. Oh, they blacked it out for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, they black everything. Oh. out. 
Oh, well, I'm watching the Blu-ray version, and it is not blacked out. I'm watching the Blu-ray version. It is um, not pleasant. It's true. Yep. So, um, this doll's just going nuts, attacking Polnareff. Then we cut to Jotaro and Kakuin, who stop by Anne's room, just to tell her not to go anywhere. (laughs) Hey, don't go anywhere. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, uh, okay? (laughs) I wasn't, but okay. I had to make sure she was alright. We got a cutaway just for that. (laughs) It's so they can... I bet it was in Anne's uh, voice actress's contract that she had to have so much uh, screen time. No, it it was to contrast it with all the ridiculous shit that's going on in this hotel (laughs) room. That's true. This this doll is fucking flipping everywhere. It's thrusting with this spear (laughs) that it has from out of nowhere. It's making this noise. It's making like a terrible noise. It's like smashing these bottles and using it to like cut him. He just keeps this thing is going fucking nuts. It keeps attacking Silver Chariot and like cutting it open and biting it with these weird razor teeth. Oh yeah, yeah. There is a shot where it breaks two wine bottles and then it starts like running around and flipping around silver chariot and it does this 3d panorama yes uh, so good like 3d panoramic around silver chariot and it looks fucking awesome like one of my favorite shots so far in this show this whole episode every action sequence is really well animated like they put a lot of effort into it i guess they had to because there's not a whole lot like narration wise that goes on here. Yeah, I know. He fights a doll thing. Yeah. It takes a while. Yeah. You would think that Silver Chariot would defeat a doll like this easily, that it would be But you child's... fool! Silver Chariot. Victor! Can't fight. I had the joke! You ruined it! It was child's play! No. Uh, God damn yeah, it, Joey. I'm no, glad no. I saved our view- our listeners from that. No, 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 you ruined it. Anyway, he has a bed on him, he can't see, that's what's happening. Yeah. Oh, did we did we we did not yeah. mention the fact that this doll cuts the legs of the bed so it just collapses with Polnareff underneath it? Like Polnareff is in a very trivially like dangerous situation and just can't get a bed off of him. It's so stupid. How would you get a bed off of you when all of your arms and legs are pinned down I don't know. and tied out? Use his stand? <laughs> Look, he can't see in order to cut the cords. Why doesn't his stand just can't... cut the cords on his wrist because he that can't he can see? see. Also, he's not Look, actually tied down. <laughs> listen here. Yeah? All right, explain it to me, Grant. <laughs> listen here. Evidently... Mm-hmm. If you can't see, your stand can't see. <laughs> I guess. Which we know is bullshit. Because Devo can see. But you accept it for this episode. Because that's how anything works in this episode. If if his stand could see, this episode doesn't happen. There are a lot of things that, like, this episode doesn't happen if anything makes sense. But it's fine. It's fine. Because Zin Silver Chariot does the thing we just suggested. Cuts him free. But then, well... Polnareff doesn't escape. The doll throws juice and beer all over the room. Perfect. Jumps up onto the ceiling and pulls out the world's (laughs) most dangerous hairdryer. It's it's got sparks flying out of the the sides and it's got a flamethrower on the front for some reason. It's coming out of it. I have so many questions. Where did he get this? What is it plugged into? He's on the ceiling. How did the doll get this? Hey, Joey, it came with the doll. It was a special edition. See, my joke was going to be that this is Polnareff's hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was just complimentary. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, you know, that's what, uh, of course, that's what Singapore hotels are also known for. They're deep fridges and they're dangerous hair dryers. <laughs> Look, it has all the amenities. For when you want your hair dried really quickly. I just love how yeah. he's like this short circuiting hair dryer as he like turns it up. I mean, that's not how short circuiting works. That's not how hair dryers work. That's not how safety features work. And also, you don't need it to be doing any of these things for it to electrocute somebody. He could have just plugged the wires in. Then he went. Yeah. He. Where's it plugged in at? It's coming down <laughs> it's from the ceiling. <laughs> he jumped up onto the, the oh, overhead yeah. light fixture and knocked that down. So he's clearly hanging from some kind of electrical wire that he, I guess, he spliced into this hair dryer. <laughs> no, no. All Singapore place, all Singapore hotel rooms have goddamn drop cords. <laughs> all right, they're famous ceiling outlets. Drop cords. <laughs> famous ceiling. No, it's really convenient when you're trying to sleep. And you need to charge your phone if the charger comes down from the ceiling. Oh, yeah, so you can dangle in front of your yeah, face. That you way, your phone yeah. on the wall, it's charging. I actually kind of want that now that I just described that product. Yeah, patent that <laughs> All right. It's a thing that already <laughs> exists. Everyone remember, at the end of this episode, we need to patent deep fridges. <laughs> Two-way look, fridges. Look, they don't have the patent in the United States. They only have the Singapore patent for it. <laughs> No, the hair dryer falls down, so you can dry your hair while you're asleep. You just set it up and over. <laughs> it's got a timer on it, and uh, it shoots off these cool blue sparks and red flames. Yeah. I mean, this is how I would design a hair dryer. Why did you do this? Ne- need some pinstriping, though. It's flame decals on it. Mm-hmm. No, that makes it go faster. You don't need that. So Polnareff kills the doll. <laughs> so yeah, like, like the doll drops this fucking hair dryer. It's trying to set everything on fire, and we get the shot of Polnareff looking in a mirror shard back up at the fucking doll. And it, I just, this, that shot is so fucking dumb. And oh yeah, weird. we get this really long slow motion scene of the hair dryer tumbling down, like as it's animated. Like this is a drawn shot of this moving in three dimensions, tumbling slowly towards the bed. And then Silver Chariot pierces the heavens here and goes through the hair dryer into the doll. It's good. It's like Precise. it's like when Silver Chariot came out of that uh, bowl of rice or whatever. When we first <laughs> it's met exactly him. like that. Exactly <laughs> yeah. the same. Hell yeah, man. Exactly the same. Except instead of a, a flame and coin kebab, he's now got a flame and hair dryer and doll kebab. <laughs> hair dryer. The perfect amount of flame and hair dryer and doll. You cut the space between nothingness and nothingness. <laughs> In this shot where he, he said that he saw you through the mirror, he has already cut the cord. Yes. He's just... Like, he, he's posing under the he's bed. He's just been sitting there for no reason this entire time, because he just... <laughs> the, while the doll was spreading all of this shit everywhere, you can see him leaning on his arms. His arms are free. Yep, yep. just sitting, not standing up. It was the perfect ambush. Look. Never saw it coming. Oh, hey. Well, alright, so yeah. two things. Okay. Uh-huh. He calls the doll soul sacrifice. Which oh, is that's, the doll soul sacrifice? That's not the... It, is it? No, no, it's still Devo. It's it's not. It's clear. Ebony Devil. It's actually Frankenstein's monster. I I think they actually say both in the episode. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really. Polnareff wins the stand fight, and we cut back to the um. 
Oh no no no! One more one more thing one more what? thing, Joey. When he just when he destroys the doll, the stand comes out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. We do get some cool poses for Polar Ref too, as he like does the whole hand point while Silver Chariot poses behind him. I mean, he is the pose king of this season. He's really good That's at good posing. Pose. I mean, there's a lot of pointing this season. Though. Yeah. He did flex his superpower pose when he joined the crew. Yeah. <laughs> God. Hell yeah! Gravity-defying superpower pose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, he he kills the stand, and we get to see the stand user uh, uh slumped over in a bathroom stall. That also is very and blacked out in the version it, I watched, except for okay. the worst part, which is his face, which is just inside out. <laughs> they <laughs> okay. So on my version, I'm watching it is extremely graphic. Oh, wow. Like it oh. is like oh, like there's blood everywhere. Like there's like puncture wounds and slices everywhere. Oh, it's just, like, yeah, There's the manga there's version. There's blood splattered all over the, the stall. It, like it is like really kind of like. It doesn't even look human to me. It's it's more of like a. It looks like the monster from uh, what do you call it? Amnesia. A little <laughs> bit, yeah. So Polnareff stumbles into the room where everyone's like, "Dude, Polnareff, where have you been? We have to discuss how to defeat this stand user." <laughs> I hate them so much. Wait. They're so stupid. Know, they're so fucking. So, <laughs> they're fucking idiots. The, the best part about this is in the manga. He's just, they're just like, yeah, we're so, we're gonna discuss how to beat Devo, and it's just like you bunch of assholes. <laughs> it's like falls when over he didn't. And there's a slide whistle. Whoop in the episode. <laughs> At some. At some point, Joseph comments on the fact that, hey, Polner's a little late. But no, it's been more than nobody five minutes. thinks to go check up on him. Like, he he literally called you, said that he was attacked by a stand user, and then when he's MIA, you don't go fucking looking for him? Yeah, but I had to go check on, you know, Anne. Nothing. I had to do absolutely <laughs> no, nothing. I had to sit here, here and drink my coffee and my fucking pink shirt because I'm on vacation. Here's what you're forgetting here. On TV. They met Polnareff like a week ago. <laughs> That's true. They don't give a shit about this guy. <laughs> they give enough of shit to bust him out of jail. Like, Polnareff should be going away for life for that bellboy's death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even if he didn't do it, he is very culpable for that. <laughs> <laughs> he tried yeah. really hard to make it not happen. No, he didn't. He caused the situation. Well, he was just like, "No, don't come in. You'll die." He did that. He said that okay. like four times. He was attacked by a stand user. <laughs> oh, that was weird. That was easy. Anyway, let's invite some civilians into the situation. <laughs> that that death yeah, is I, on his. I hands. appreciate that Polnareff was actually arrested for this. <laughs> like, this shit is weird ass fucking shit. And in most other shows, they would just kind of hand wave yep. it. But like, oh yeah, I mean, like they did that no. earlier with Gray Fly. Where, you know, they like, crash no, land the plane he... and why are these four passengers' heads exploded like pumpkins? <laughs> Let's not ask <laughs> yeah. any questions about that. Don't worry it about was... it. They should have worn their seatbelts. Look, they landed the plane, <laughs> so they're heroes. Um, so now we get a scene where Joseph and uh, Avdol start doing some actual fortune telling or some, uh, like... Avdol asks Joseph, hey, do you need a Polaroid camera in order to do this? And Joseph reveals that all along he could use a fucking TV <laughs> and it would be way more effective. You get a fucking moving picture. 
This is the best hermit purple has ever fucking been. <laughs> but how else is and he he's like, hold on, four people, poor people, by destroying cameras every time. <laughs> he's like, I, I got, I got, uh, like, don't worry, I don't need a camera. I don't have to do that every time. I don't have to destroy a fucking three hundred dollar camera. And he's like, hold on, the the TV's tuning in and trying to give me the right words in order to, to give me my fortune. Appreciate the scene from The Godfather here. There are a lot of reference scenes here <laughs> yeah. if we wanted to we could do like a lot of musical references just from this but it does the thing where um it like flips between the channels to give the syllables for like the the read and it says uh like there is a traitor uh beware cacuing it's a really good scene and and dio's oh. servant and then like dio oh, phases my. into the tv and he's like Joseph Joestar, you're watching me, aren't you? He, that makes me And he me turns hot. around and points at him. And he just shouts, Dio! <laughs> and the TV explodes. I, very good. 100%. It is. This is so excellent. good. It very much works on me. This is legitimately excellent. I don't have to destroy a camera every time. Look, I can just destroy a television <laughs> instead. <laughs> It wouldn't have exploded if Dio didn't show up. Herman Purple's only ability is to make that happen. I think Purple's only ever shown images of Dio. (laughs) Here's here's fucking the Godfather in manga form. Yeah, that is absolutely Marlon Miranda there. (laughs) Definitely. And and Doramon, I think. Oh, that's that's literally like traced of Marlon. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Uh, There's very clearly Tom Petty here. Yep. (laughs) Like it's 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 just petty. The speech bubble covers up Tom, but it's very obviously Tom Petty. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we don't get walk like an Egyptian. The episode ends. Yeah, we've had the credits rolling this whole time so that we can end on this dramatic television explosion. It was a good. It was a good for reveal. I like it. I I don't know. I, I think they could have done that a little. Like I, I think they could have played that a little bit better to the chest for next episode. No. <laughs> I know, no. I know there's a traitor among us. Who is it? Oh, it's, it's Kakui immediately. <laughs> immediately. I, it's just like, yeah. well, thanks. I appreciated. I actually appreciated that they did this here, and they they kind of set you up for the expectation that it's not actually Kakui because otherwise, why would they just tell you that? Though, given this <laughs> show's track record, maybe <laughs> they would just fucking tell you that. Subtlety again. Yes, is we we don't need subtlety. Not a thing. It does not exist. All right, so Victor, how'd you like this episode? It was fun. I mean, the the action sequences were very, very well done. Uh, there was just a whole lot going on on the screen at all times, and it was a uh, just a very easy episode to watch. Yeah, you did. You weren't cringing all of the time. You didn't have to, you know, bust out the brain bleach afterward. You didn't have to <laughs> go on social media and defend your problematic uh, scenes. <laughs> Yeah, it was a refreshing change from the episode that didn't happen. Tim, how'd you like this episode? (laughs) This is 100% like what JoJo is to me. So this is the, the, at least Stardust Crusaders. So uh, I very much like this episode. Hey Grant, whip us up a recommendation. How'd you like it? (laughs) Um, I I like this episode a lot. It hinges on uh, everybody being a fucking idiot. (laughs) But you know that's JoJo's bizarre adventure for you. I like like. Yeah. I think what you do to solve that is just not have Paul Nareff call anybody, <laughs> cut his phone line, like see, 
It, it would have been fine. It would have tried to leave then. I like it better because they're leaning into it. They're letting you, like, Araki's just letting you know, no, of course this only works if everyone's an idiot. So what? And then just keeps, do, <laughs> like, he's staring you dead in the eyes and daring you to question him. <laughs> I, I, I like this vindictive Araki that you've created. I mean, we've been seeing that, you know. Oh, what more women characters, huh? <laughs> Why is Kakuin always wearing a school character? <laughs> because he's a student. <laughs> Why isn't anyone? Of course they're not doing anything. They're just waiting for Polnara. No, I, I still like my gas leak theory. It explains a lot in these next, this episode and the next episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. All right. But, but good episode. It's just yes. like, I just believe that all of these characters are meatheads anyway, so. Oh, yes. What Kakuin so is brilliant. It's not much of a suspension of it's disbelief. It's culture. I know, but I like to pretend. Yeah, okay. Alright, so where can we find everyone? Sorry, thank you for watching. Well, you, where can yeah. we find everyone? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Los Grantalinus. That's Los underscore Grantalinus. You can find me, Tim, at BigBlueZam1, where I'll be posting terrible doll pics. You can find me, Victor, on Twitter at TFWaffleMan. Tweet at the podcast at Joestar Allstars. Find us anywhere you find fine podcasts. Uh, you know, things that aren't this. <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, JoestarAllStars.Fireside.FM. We are the finest of podcasts, Victor. Much like fine wines and refrigerator jokes, we only get better with age. <laughs> and if you agree, send us some fan mail to... Um, uh, just our all stars at gmail.com you know yeah like subscribe review shout it from the rooftops inflict this on your friends please thank you for listening and tweet and tweet pictures of the contents of your fridge please don't i don't want to see that's that that's a that sounds like a very weird trending hashtag to like fridge pics <laughs> Fridge picks? Yeah, hashtag fridge picks. Okay, tweet tweet at Joe Star All Stars. What's what, with what's in your fridge and say hashtag fridge picks. We're, we're only gonna get one tops. Like where That's does all this I go? Need. That's all I fucking need. Look, this seems like it could be a real thing though. Like, if you know it, the person who is currently sitting on the patent for the double sided fridge, tweet it at the. Po- <laughs> 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 it, it's me. Hello. <laughs> Grant, Mr. I don't refrigerator. Grant, send me <laughs> nice a pic- to meet you. Send me a picture of your design. I want to see it. Use your use your wonderful Photoshop powers. Yeah, I just want a refrigerator that I can fully go prone in. <laughs> just a refrigerator that can really envelop me. Look, I re- I really just want to take a really cold nap. <laughs> yeah. God. So yeah. this is where we say do not play in refrigerators so that we don't get sued. <laughs> Yeah, please. <laughs> Disclaimer, please oh, do yeah. not lock yourself in yeah, a fridge. Don't die, please. That could be dangerous, theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> that could be dangerous. <laughs> hey, we don't live Even in that world. Would know. <laughs> that's that's like 60s garbage. Don't, don't Indiana Jones yourself. That's the kid this getting... Is... Look, I, I don't want to tell y'all how to live your lives. <laughs> I do, and I want to tell you to watch... More JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We accept no liability for the consequences of your actions. <laughs> or the consequences of this podcast in general, I suppose. So, <laughs> thank you everyone for watching. This has been Joestar All-Stars signing out for all you deep fridge, dangerous hair dryer nerds out there. <laughs> Say goodbye, JoJo. Goodbye, JoJo. Goodbye, JoJo.
<laughs> my artistic integrity is at stake. Oh. What artistic integrity? <laughs> Fuck you. you. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Look, I have to. I have to hold on to some scrap of dignity.